listeners. I'm your host, Sally Holder. Join me each week to escape and be refreshed with stories of people who dared not to settle for the American dream. Go beyond just getting enough in life and live into a place where big dreams actually do come true. Each week, you'll discover why internal success is better than external success. Be prepared to redefine what your best looks like in life and free yourself from the guilt of wanting more. Hey listeners, I cannot wait for you to hear this episode of Hitting Rock Middle. I'm interviewing Bernadette Joy. She is a former human resources executive, who I have a lot in common with, who found herself at rock middle once she hit the pinnacle of her career. Definitely sounds a lot like my story. She knew there had to be more out there for her. When she decided to pursue her MBA, she had actually discovered she had taken more than $70,000 in student loans. Like most of us, she panicked a little and realized she needed to learn about money for once and for all. This dynamo didn't learn about money. She made it her mission after that to discover the best ways to pay off debt that she had just incurred from business school. She realized the freedom that can then come with not having that debt hanging over her. So she and her husband decided to keep after it. She's only 34 years old and she and her husband have now paid off their mortgage and have no debt. Absolutely unreal, right? You are going to want to hear her story and exactly how they did it, but most importantly, how she made the decision from truly a place of passion, how she listened to her intuition and let her excitement and love for what she was learning guide her to keep going and eventually share that passion with others too. Bernadette now has a fantastic blog that I would highly recommend. It's called Crush This Debt and a podcast of the same name, as well as a book to help guide you through the same debt crushing process. There's clearly a lot we can all learn from her, and I cannot wait for you, this, for you to hear the story of this female entrepreneur who's challenging herself and continues to move beyond rock middle. So hi, Bernadette. I am so excited to be hosting you on the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. You have so many different facets to your career. I know that you're going to absolutely inspire every one of our listeners. So tell me, because you started your career in HR, and now you have a very exciting, very different career from that. So tell me about uh, the beginning of your career and how you kind of have transitioned into uh, your your new exciting life of wanting more. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And I started out my career, I think, like a lot of other people, going to college, trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. And I did a dual degree in psychology and business. Um, I call the psychology degree my degree and the business degree my parents' degree because <laughs> that's what I love that. Study. And I wasn't sure what that 
would um, result in after college. So I went to a guidance counselor. They said, oh, business and psychology, a great career for that would be HR. And had no idea. And I think you <laughs> you were in HR prior um, to this as well. I, I, I don't think, I mean, you tell me, I did not certainly grow up thinking, oh, someday I'm going to be an HR executive. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't um, something that I dreamed of, but it seemed like a practical choice. So I stayed in Boston where I went to college and started out in um, insurance and financial services. I graduated 2007 uh, in HR and um, thought I was going to be in there to do recruiting and helping people with employee engagement and that kind of fun stuff. But I also got transferred to back to New York where I'm originally from. And I ended up in financial services in 2008 <laughs> in New York City. So I did quite the opposite of what I thought I would be doing. I was actually flying around to different offices and laying people off from their jobs. And so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> uh, and in hindsight, it was really, it was a really hard um, thing to do as a 22-year-old out of college, but it taught me so much about just, you know, difficult communications and, um, and honestly taught me that I probably cannot rely on a company for my financial well-being, right? So I will always remember, you know, sitting across the table from people who were at the company for 20 years and had no idea what their next step was going to be because they hadn't thought that they would ever leave that company. And um, I thought, you know, I never want to be in that position where I'm caught off guard, not knowing if I'm going to be able to take care of myself. So, but still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kept going down the HR path, still in financial services, worked at big places like Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, realized that the big um, Fortune 50 company lifestyle wasn't for me. Um, and I was always fascinated with technology and it was a growing industry. So I, tr I moved into a tech startup, which was very different. Um, and I thought HR would be, would be different in that space where I would be helping hire and doing all the stuff that I thought I was going to do. And it was super fun. But as I got to know more about the tech industry and the different functional areas, I started to gather an interest around things outside of HR. So marketing and software development and products and stuff. And so um, my last job was in HR was um, head of HR for a tech company based in Charlotte. And I was working directly for the CEO and the COO. And they were asking me to do things that I've never been able to do before, like hey, you can help us with this marketing or now you're in charge of our call center. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm an HR person. I don't know how to do any of these things, but I am really interested in it. And so I decided to go back to school and get my MBA and just try to figure out, okay, I know I don't want to do HR anymore, but I'm not sure what else I want to do. So I'll learn about you know, operations and marketing and maybe something will pique my interest. And that's where, that's where Dress was born. So um, I what a an incredible yeah. career. I mean, <laughs> it's very clear how you ended up as an entrepreneur, right? Getting to experience kind of the highs and lows that the corporate world really ends up providing you and some of the life lessons that are tough, tough, tough to swallow mm -hmm. in the corporate world. Um, and so what made you finally kind of take the plunge into entrepreneurship and transition from what sounds like a really successful experience with a tech company, you were still learning, acquiring new skills. So what made you actually transfer and, and decide now's the time to, to start a company of my own? 
Yeah. So while I was in school, I had full intentions of going back to the corporate world just within a different space outside of HR. And I came up with this idea for dress, which is basically Charlotte's version of Rent the Runway, except we're local in person and generally more affordable. Um, And what was interesting was I was doing my uh, MBA. I had decided to start this as a side hustle because I got so much feedback during my program. I actually had this idea in my marketing class and I carried this idea throughout my other classes. I ended up concentrating in entrepreneurship um, for my degree. And so it was really great to have an actual idea that I was working on while I was in class. I think that's why I probably paid more attention (laughs) than some of my other (laughs) classmates. And I was doing, so I was doing the MBA. I was doing my side hustle. And at the time I had also taken on a new role as a headhunter for HR people. So um, the headhunting job provided me the flexibility to be able to go to school and and still have you know regular income and I work from home so I wasn't working in an office anymore I was working remotely for this company based out of New York which was super flexible and I really am appreciative that I was able to have that um, headhunter role because it started to give me the opportunity to one um, kind of build my own schedule and, and learn how to manage kind of doing things um, having like a day job and going to school and doing a business so uh, multitasking was was definitely a lot easier um, doing that, but also it was completely commission based. So that was the first time I was ever not on a full salary. So that was kind of my transition period where I still had a job, you know, and I still had a company that I was working for, but I did not know when my next paycheck was going to be. So um, I think if I had gone straight from full time, you know, six figure salary to complete entrepreneurship that would have probably hugely shocked my system, but I had that kind of transition period in between where I still had a commission-based job. Um, so I love I was- hearing that, you know, so many of my clients, I tell them, you don't actually have to make, you know, this quote unquote leap, right? And if you ha- have made a leap, most of the time you're skipping over some steps that you really need to do experience in the interim. And one of the steps that you needed to experience was sort of that step down from the mm-hmm. traditional world, experiencing that, I love. I love that advice. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. So I uh, had those three things going on. I was basically running myself a little bit ragged at some point. I remember. I think. I think it was after one of my final exams, and I had to, you know, had a couple interviews lined up for the next day, and I had a gig, an event for dress going on the next night and I was like, Ooh, I'm really tired. <laughs> I don't think I can sustain this forever. So, um, I was a couple of months away from graduating and my husband and I realized also that's where I started to take a look at my student loans and think about, okay, I know I, I know I took up some, took out some money for this program. I don't know exactly how much I just kept accepting <laughs> whatever the government said I was able to take. And that's when I looked at my student loans and saw that I had $70,000 in student loans and had no idea that I had taken out that much. Um, and I said, well, you know, that's going to be a challenge. To, I, I didn't have debt before that. Um, and so that's going to be a challenge and we're going to have to figure that out. And I realized that as I was doing dress, that I really liked dress. I really liked being able to build something from scratch. I really loved being able to kind of think from an operational perspective and I love the marketing aspect of it too. 
And I realized it's probably something I wanted to do going forward, but I probably mm -hmm. could not do that and my day job at the same time. So my husband and I basically said, if I could figure out a way to pay off the student loans, then we would be comfortable enough for us to have um, me quit my day job because we've already gotten used to the commission-based lifestyle for me anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a joint decision with my husband and I. Um, we've always been a dual income family. And so going to, you know, from two nice salaries to one salary was going to be a challenge, but um, we decided that that would be really great if I could do that. So we hunkered down and, and long story short, paid off the $70,000 in, in less than a year. I graduated in April. It was paid off by November. And that was um, the opportunity that allowed me to quit my day job. So I basically was like, all right, I'm, 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 I'm gone now. <laughs> I'm going to go do my own thing. And that was um, almost three years ago. And it's been, it's been awesome. Wow. What an incredible journey. So I want to back up for a second and really hear more about how in the world you paid off that $70,000 of debt, because I know that ultimately became a passion of yours. In addition to having dressed, now you have an incredible book about crushing debt and a podcast as well. So, um, you know, you clearly are a woman who likes to stay busy and be able to have multiple things going on at the same time. Um, but I love that because you're fulfilling all different sides of yourself, right? We don't have to just have one aspect that we're fulfilling. You have a creative aspect that you fulfill in the fashion world with dressed, being able to help women, you know, achieve a great look on, a, on less. But then you also have this passion about the finances that you wanted to keep going to. So tell me absolutely how you, how you took on that debt. And then I want to hear how that's translated into, into more entrepreneurship for you. Yeah, so uh, it started off with figuring out that I had a seventy thousand in, in student loans, with, which was, I mean, heartbreaking at one point. Like I, I remember being on the floor crying about it because I was just like, I don't even know how I got into this in the first place. And at the time when I graduated from my MBA, I had no sure path to right. So it was like, oh my gosh, I took out all of this debt, and I still don't know what I'm doing. Like, what was the point of that? Um, right. So and that's, that's what I would call Bernadette rock middle for yep. sure, where you're going, yep. how in the world did I get here? I'm so upset. And now where do I go from here? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so I started educating myself about personal finance. I, was, I started just Googling stuff, searching on YouTube, anything that I could find out about paying off student loan debt specifically. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of content out there. So I realized, and this is the funny thing, my, Mom is an accountant. My dad was a CFO. My brother is an accountant. Like everyone in my family is supposed to be good at money. <laughs> but I was, I just never, we never talked about it. We never talked about, we talked about making money and that was really important, but we never talked about how you save money and how do you make sure you don't put yourself in such a situation. So I had to self-teach myself everything that I know now, you know, and um, and oddly, you would think I would know that too from going to business school. And we learned about interest rates and we learned about all this stuff, but no one ever talked about it in application to right. <laughs> student loans. Um, so one of the personalities that I started listening to was Dave Ramsey, who's very well known, you know, in that right. space. And, uh, and a lot of other people that I listened to. Um, there's a lot of other great podcasts and books that I just started reading and just got kind of obsessed about it. Um, my poor husband, he would listen You'd have to listen to these podcasts alongside me because I'd be listening to it while we're cooking and while I'm sleeping. And 
and all that stuff. So I think, um, I think it sunk into his, his brain, whether he liked it or not <laughs> and, uh, taught myself about all of these things and just started applying them right away. And just, we, uh, we figured out that if we had, um, the ability to use one salary to pay off the debt and the other salary to live off of, we could make this work. And our goal was to pay it off in two years. Uh, but we gathered so much momentum from one, we, we completely drained our savings, which was really scary and I can share more about that, but that was probably one of the hardest decisions. I was so used to having like a little nest egg and we actually drained a lot of that nest egg in order to pay a, a bigger chunk off in the beginning. And we had to make some decisions um, personally. For example, two of my best girlfriends were getting married that same year. And I was a bridesmaid in both of those weddings. And if you have ever been a bridesmaid, you know how much <laughs> that can cost. And they were both destinations. Yeah. Expensive endeavor. Yeah. And they were not in Charlotte where, where I am either. One was in Mexico and one was in New York. And so I had to have some tough conversations with my girlfriends to say, you know, I'm going to be able to make some things, but not other things. And, you know, I want to be there for your big day, but you know, I'm just not in a financial position to do all of the things, which was really hard. And, and just everyday kind of sacrifices that you hear, you know, we ate in every day. We started playing board games instead of going out to, to like expensive shows or, or movies and stuff. And all of those little things added up and our initial plan was two years and we ended up paying off less than a year because I wanted so badly to have it paid off because I had this bigger goal in mind that once it was paid off, I could quit my job and do dressed full time. And I think that was, that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I'd give to someone else if they were looking to have a big financial goal like that is there, it's not for the sake of the money itself, the sake of what are you going to do once that once that debt is paid off or once you've saved that money and for me it was being able to do what i really like doing which was my own business and i think that's what kept us on task absolutely um you know i talk about it in the context of what simon sinek always says that you know when you know your why you basically are willing to do anything it takes to get there um when you're focused on what you have to do the task becomes really arduous and long and that's what a lot of people give up. But when you always remember why you got in to the, the process of saving in the first place, it, it's much more rewarding and worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, after we paid off that um, $70,000 in student loan debt, I, I was posting about this on social media for my own self-accountability. I knew if I had put it out there into the universe that it would kind of force my hand to do it. And what I was really shocked about was that I had a lot of people reaching out to me privately and not um, saying that they were in similar situations and people who I thought were living the dream, right? The doctors and the lawyers and the ones who had the really nice cars and houses reaching out to me in private messages or texting me and saying, how did you do that? I have X amount in, in, in debt as well. And I want to get rid of it. Like you're so inspiring or, or, you know, just sending really nice messages, but also, you know, being very transparent that they were going through the same thing and that, really inspired me to continue that debt-free journey. So at the time, I also had um, a, we, my husband and I had a rental property that we had bought because I thought I wanted to be Joanna and Chip from, <laughs> from Fixer Upper. And you were uh, definitely multifaceted. <laughs> yeah. So we had a rental property and then we, and then we had bought our house too. So in addition to the student loan debt, we had about $57,000 of debt from the townhouse that we rented. And then at the time, a hundred and like eighty 
180, $190,000 on our mortgage. And I was like, you know what? I want to be completely debt free because that would be amazing. And um, if we were debt free, like we could really have a lot of flexibility in our life. Um, and so we kept doing that. And the year after, so the 2016, we paid off the student loans. 2017, we paid off the um, the mortgage on the townhouse. So that became a completely like revenue generating asset. And then we decided that we wanted to pay off our house in five years. And what we figured out was the first year we paid off exactly what we were supposed to pay off. Um, we figured out exactly what $180,000 divided by, you know, five years, what the monthly payment would be. And we did that for the first year. Um, but then we came at a crossroads where it was, we could keep going down this route of, of trying to pay off the, our, our primary house in four years, or we have this property, which honestly, I realized after the fact, I am not Joanna <laughs> from Fixer Upper, like that, that is a path that I'm probably not going down. Um, and I am even less of a landlord. <laughs> um, and I think it actually was. Uh, there was one evening where our tenant locked himself out at like two in the morning and we had to go bail him out and, you know, get him in, get him back into the townhouse. And after he locked himself in, I was like, you know what? Really not my cup of tea. Don't really want to do this. <laughs> it and, only, only takes one time to yeah. show up in your pajamas. <laughs> yep. And so we were like, we can keep going down this route or we can sell that, that property and be completely debt free um, this year. And so April of this year, we decided to go ahead and do that. So now we are completely debt free, including our mortgage and having shared this whole journey uh, through social media, primarily. Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of people reaching out to me again, asking me how I did that. And that's led to the second business, which is BernadetteJoy.com, which is really just education and workshops and trying to share more information about how you can, even if you don't have debt, how you can either pay off debt or save up money so that you can really, you know, live the life that you want. So my motto is, you know, crush your money, love your life. And uh, I think what people have really gravitated towards is that one, I, I have personally done it myself. So this is not in theory. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor or planner, right? So I'm not I'm not wedded to, you know, trying to sell you any particular products or, or trying to get your money to invest or anything like that. I really am just excited about the fact that I have been able to free up so much of my mental um, capacity. My you know, stress level has been so much lower and I have a lot of free time, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of free time now because, uh, because we don't have, you know, a lot of these bills that other people might have to pay. Uh, and I want to be able to share that excitement with other people. So it's, it's been a journey thus far, but it's been super fun and people have been really receptive to it. Well, that's one of the biggest reasons why I really wanted to interview you as well, not only because you made such a massive career change and, you know, decided to follow the things that you really were passionate about, but now you want to give back. You want to give back everything that you've learned in a really altruistic way um, through your website and your podcast and your book. So tell me all of the different ways that people can, you know, participate with you and learn more about your tips for financial freedom. Yeah, it's still a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. I've just been, you know, as people ask me, I basically answer their questions, but 
um, my whole philosophy is around this idea of crush. So uh, funny enough, my podcast, which you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts, it was originally not called crush this debt. It was called F this debt because I was very angry about the debt at the time, um, but realized that was not great for PR and marketing. And so we made it, we made it um, crush, but crush ended up being uh, a great acronym for the steps that I took to get out of debt. So, you know, Crush is change your money mindset. So C's change your money mindset. Um, R is redesign your life. U is use a budget. S is sacrifice in the short term. And H is hustle, hustle, hustle. And I basically... And don't worry for everyone listening. I'm going to put those in the show notes. I already have them written out to follow oh, myself. So I forget them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And those are all the steps that I personally took. And so I coach people in each of those different things, whether it's, you know, it's just a mental hump that you have to get over. It's just about organizing your finances. If it's about, you know, you're spending too much and you don't know how to stop or it's about, you know, maybe it's an income issue. You're just not making enough money to be able to, to, um, finance a lifestyle that you really want. So any of those areas is where I really kind of help people on. So this year I am using the framework of a million dollars where, Essentially, I've been so focused on myself for the last couple of years that I want to be able to help other people with their debt now. So my goal is to help erase a million dollars of debt from other people's lives. And that is simply through um, sharing the information that I know and being able to coach other people in their personal situation. So whether it is listening to the podcast, picking up the book, um, coming to one of my speaking engagements, or following me on social media, or even just or, or becoming a a personal client of mine, I am really focused on sharing all of this knowledge with other people so that they can apply it to their lives and hopefully erase that much debt. So, so far, um, and I ask people to just send me feedback on when they paid something off. And so far we've hit $300,000 of debt that other people have paid off through any of those channels that people have picked up information from me. So that it's hugely motivating to me because absolutely, it makes, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm impacting other people's lives in a, in a positive way. You certainly are. I mean, what an amazing thing that you're giving to people. I know that it's, you know, one of the biggest struggles that people go through today, experiencing the student loan debt, which is unprecedented. You know, we all talk about, um, you know, income or um, money being the cause of most uh, the failed marriages in this country as well. So what a gift you're giving people. Um, so if they want to follow you on social media, what is your social media handle? Sure. Uh, it's crush this debt on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to bernadettejoy.com If you want to sign up for my newsletter every week, I um, curate five quick articles that I think other people could benefit from reading um, that I personally read. And uh, that's a good way to start off that journey is if you don't know anything else to do is just to start reading up and learning about personal finance. Love that. Such a great way to get started. And it sounds like then uh, the next step of putting yourself out there and on social media and having accountability was a huge part of that. And I know that you offer that for clients as well. So give us a little feedback on how you do that. On the social media aspect? Um, you provide the accountability with clients one-on-one, oh. -on -one, right? As well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I'm a little bit of a different coach. I'm more of, I, I'm less of like, oh, I will um, kind of hold your hand along the way. I'm more of like, I'm going to give you all the tools 
that you would need um, to start off with and, uh, and kind of work on a game plan for you. And then should you decide that you want someone to be, uh, you know, hold you accountable later on, then certainly I can. But I'm also of the mantra of like, if I can help you save money, <laughs> then, I, then I will. So what I usually do is I have a kind of two to three hour session, depending on how deep we're going into it with a, either an individual or a couple and work through this crush framework with them. And what has been so amazing is that so far all of my clients have been able to take that and run with it on their own. And every now and then they might need like a check-in. Um, but for example, I just had a client who I met with in March and she had, I think she has like 16 credit cards and like a, a ton, yeah, a ton oh of, gosh. had student loan debt, a ton of credit card debt, and we, we worked through that whole framework. And, and what was great was that she's, her, her day job, she does like stat, uh, statistics. So she's not, she's not a dumb person, right? She's actually very smart and very good with numbers. But that just goes to show you, right, that personal finance is not just about numbers. It's about the psychological kind of things that are going on behind it. And we really worked through some of that stuff while we we're in that session. And we put her in a game plan and she's already paid off I think like 10,000, like two months. Um, and incredible. yeah. And, and it was just a matter of showing her, okay, like this is what your finances look like today. First of all, like, let's face it. Let's, let's, let's take a look at this together and let's also get you really confident that you can do this. And that was one of the biggest pieces was this change your money mindset was that she didn't think she would ever get out from under this. And when we showed her, when I showed her the numbers and like, you know, this is what, you can do and it will take this amount of time. And I think our, our game plan is about two years. And on top of it, we're going to be able, she wants to get her PhD, right? So she is going to be cash flowing a PhD. She's going to take out more student loans. And I was like, oh no, you will not <laughs> take out more student loans. It is possible for you to do this without having to take out student loans. And we figured out a way to do that. When she was able to see all of that, she got so excited. She was so motivated and she's been able to run off with it ever since. Um, so my hope is that if I can provide this information and a, with a lot of my coaching clients, I will sit down with them and have that two or three hour discussion and then send you on your way. And then you'll have recurring support through a lot of my other channels, right? Being on my newsletter, um, listening to the podcast and, and some of those other things. Um, I found that most of them have been able to do it. Um, on their own, which again, I think it's just a matter of, of getting the right information and having the motivation to do it at least just a good, like kick in the butt <laughs> in the beginning. Right. I love that. So figure out their why seems to be the most important thing at the very beginning to help mm -hmm. them change their mindset and really attach themselves to something greater. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately where, you know, we talk about the American dream, right? The American dream is to be able to you know, you know, get a good job, um, you know, have a nice house, start a family, all of those things. And I think where it just gotten out of whack is that people, you know, when, you know, when my parents were going through the American dream, my parents were immigrants, right? Like they didn't have this whole like student loan situation. <laughs> they didn't have, you know, mortgages right now or, you know, people didn't buy stuff with mortgages. Like, and if they did, it wasn't like a hundred percent mortgage or something. And so when I think about, you know, the American dream of, you know, going to college and, and having a nice house, like that was great when it didn't cost you what it costs you 
today and very good point and, and without the information of how do you finance that responsibly so you know a lot of what I work with my clients is figuring out okay like let's not focus on what everyone else is doing and what the quote unquote American dream is like, what is it that you actually want to do with your life? Um, and that's what I've had to come to terms with myself as well is, is, you know, I followed what everyone else was doing because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I thought that's what would make people like me. And that's what I thought would make me quote unquote successful. And ever since I've gotten off of that path and just decided, you know what, I really don't care <laughs> what other people are doing anymore because it didn't make me happy and I have to figure out what makes me happy. Um, exactly what I was hoping for in the first scenario is what's happening now. A lot more people are reaching out to me and saying that, you know, that they like what I'm doing or um, that they're finding some value in it. And I'm finding more value in my own time than I did before when I was chasing what everyone else was, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. What you guys can't see listeners is that I am nodding and smiling <laughs> ear to ear because I couldn't agree more with her um, philosophy. And that's why Bernadette, I'm always preaching to clients that there is a way to earn more and work less. And a lot of it really has to do with finding your passion and pursuing that versus pursuing that path that you just explained that is supposedly taking you to success. And it never kind of leads to anywhere except for, for most of us, I found that it just led to a life that I was living for someone else. Mm -hmm. And Ultimately, I was maybe acquiring external things, but it certainly wasn't fulfilling me internally. And yes. so once I pursued the things that fulfilled me internally, then I actually got to earn more along the way there. And it meant so much more to me. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you have found the exact same thing to be true. Yes, I, um, I've really been thinking about this, especially since... And now I guess it's been only like a month and a half, but ever since we became completely debt free and, and um, even my husband who still has a day job, right? So my husband still has a day job and, um, but his, even his demeanor has been so different in the sense of he, he's working on this very stressful um, kind of large scale project, IT project for his company. And he came home one day and he was like, oh my God, everyone is in a tizzy because, you know, the, you know, we're not going to make the deadline and, you know, the key stakeholders are real upset about it. <laughs> and, and he was like, and I just went home and I was like, and I don't, it doesn't bother me. And I was like, really? That, why doesn't it bother? He was like, he was like, cause honestly, and he said it in like a nice way, but he's like, I don't have to be here. Right. Like I'm here because I want to be here, but if I felt like it, like I could just walk out tomorrow and just be a yoga teacher because we don't have that many bills to pay. Right. So, you know, I think, for me, um, going back to that thought of like, you know, live your life to what you want to do. I think, you know, earning money absolutely is a big piece of it. And that's something that I, you know, I'm still figuring out myself is how do I continue to try to, you know, earn a living. But at the same time, there's not this huge stress on it because our cost of living for my husband and I is so low now with no mortgage payment, no car payment, you know, none of that stuff is that, you know, we can really think about what do we want to do with our time. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the other piece that has been so rewarding lately has been just the amount of time I have. Like I said before, I have a lot of free time. People always, they always like, oh, Bernadette, you seem so busy. And I was like, I was just watching K-pop videos yesterday and, <laughs> and eating ice cream. Like, I'm, I'm not busy at all. Like, I don't know why people keep thinking that I'm busy. But I think, 
I think it's because they see some of the content I'm putting out there and they assume that's like what's going on in my life every day. But also I just, I've, I've built at least up until this point, I've built um, my first business dress, right. Where it's being run by my, my employees now. So a lot of people assume, Oh yeah. Like even today, right. Today is a day after a holiday. Everyone's like, Oh, I have to go back to work tomorrow. I'm like, well, today feels like yesterday. (laughs) You know, no difference. No difference. And that's been the best part of all of this is that I've been, ha- I've been having so much more freedom with my time to do what I want to do, whether it's if I'm going to work, you know, quote unquote work, or I'm just going to do whatever it is that I enjoy doing. I love that. What a great way to, to kind of wrap up the entire word that I was thinking about the whole time that you were talking was the word freedom mm-hmm. and the amount of freedom that it gives you when you know, in so many different ways, right? It's freedom financially, but it's freedom emotionally. It's freedom from, you know, your attachment to the outcome of every work project project, or, you know, your attachment to the outcome of every potential sale when you have this financial freedom and the freedom of, of loving what you do too. It's, it's amazing. So, um, I want to know kind of what's next for you now that you do have all this financial freedom kind of wrapping up, where do you see yourself going now that you are completely financially free? That is a great question. I do not know, <laughs> to be honest. And I think, I think that's the piece, right? Everyone always asks me, well, what's next? What's next? And I, I think I've spent the last five years, actually my whole life, thinking what's next? What's next, right? And, um, and so I've, been, I've just been enjoying this time lately. I kind of called it like my mini retirement <laughs> this last, because I, you know, I don't, I don't ever envision that I'll actually ever fully retire. I, I think I'll always want to do something, but um, I'm calling this my mini retirement because I'm t- taking a step back to think about the things that I enjoy doing. So, you know, funny enough, because I have more time, I've been, for example, my goal this summer is to be able to do a handstand in yoga. <laughs> and so I actually have um, a yoga teacher coming to our house every Tuesday to, to teach my husband and I. Um, which again, people oh, are like, like a dream. Yeah, people are like, how are you doing that? I'm like, it's actually no, no more expensive than going to a class, you know, at the gym. But because we have the flexibility with when we can schedule it, um, because of uh, you know my time freedom, um, that's been great. And then I've been, I started taking piano and singing lessons, which because um, why not? Because it's super fun. And that's, you know, I think what was important and what you said was not being attached to the outcome and not being so kind of stressed about it. I remember used to really loving, I used to love singing. I used to love music, but I didn't do it anymore because it didn't make me money. Yeah. And, it, and I didn't have the time for it when I was trying to make money doing something else. And so it's so, it's been so freeing to be able to take these lessons and be like, you know what? I'm just taking these lessons because I just enjoy it. I don't need to make money from it. I don't need to like impress anybody with it. I'm just doing it because it exercises a different part of my brain and I enjoy doing it. So today I will be taking yoga and, and practicing piano. (laughs) And then, um, I think in the long run, you know, my, my continual goal right now is to, to, or the short run anyway, is the million dollars. I'm still working on helping other people with that. And that, is going to be really fun because there's a lot of different ways that we can do that in terms of dispersing information. And that's where a lot of my creative energy is going to in the next couple of months. 
I love that. I know that we are going to have a lot of listeners that are going to jump on board with that after hearing, you know, just the impact that it's had on your life. I am amazed at whatever it all that you've been able to accomplish. And just so our listeners know too, if you don't mind sharing it, Bernadette, how old are you? Sure. I am 34. <laughs> I had to think about that. And my, if, and relevant, my husband is 30, turning 38 this year. So 37. And one of the reasons why I asked that is that I wanted people to be able to put it in perspective that you're doing this at a very young age and not, you know, very late in your life, you're able to accomplish these things in your 30s, which is the time that most people say, oh, you simply put your head down and you, you know, become a cog in the wheel and, and don't pay attention to your dreams. And you've done the exact opposite. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate that you say that it's young because I, I spent a long time. And again, when I was in financial services and stuff, I would compare myself to these like 20 year olds, right, who are like making like millions of dollars as a banker or something. And um, and, you know, being able to let go of that timeline that people say that you're supposed to be on is hugely helpful. And so I even have clients who've come to me who are, you know, old, you know, forties and fifties, it's never too late to start this journey, I think. Um, and so I, I think the only time that it's too late is if you don't start at all. Right. So right. Where, wherever you're, you're at in your journey financially or personally, you know, starting is better than not starting at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Bernadette. I really appreciate your time and all of this incredible information that you shared. Thank you so much for listening to the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. Remember that you can always find out more about myself, the podcast, and any other projects I'm working on at sallyholder.com and clicking on our podcast section. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And if you've enjoyed listening, please leave us a review. It really makes a difference. We'll be back next week with another empowering story of dreaming beyond the American dream. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.